Hey y'all, it's me at Authentic Fee, and this is a podcast on lesson number 136 from 140 Life Lessons I Wish I Knew at 20, aka FSB 140. So lesson number 136 talks about loving yourself first and the importance of that. Um, and so this podcast, we're going to kind of delve into all the implications of that, what it looks like and what it means, uh, how it manifests when you don't. Um, because I got to tell you, this is a really tough topic. You know, it's kind of kumbaya, hug a tree. A lot of people aren't comfortable with it. Myself <laughs> as well. I'm not super comfortable with it, but we're going to have the discussion. So with me today is Suzanne Orlando, aka the Anxiety Alchemist. Suzanne and I met on podcast, excuse me, on Clubhouse, and it's just, it was just like, you know, love at first sight. I'm so <laughs> grateful for you joining us today. You have no idea how grateful I am. Um, so we will kick it off. First thing I would love to know is I would love to know how you got into psychotherapy. Oh my God. That's like a, such a huge, huge story. So, um, do you want the short version? Probably we'll, the short version. We'll take the, we'll take the medium. The medium version. Yeah. Okay. What's the medium version? Okay. So, okay. So the medium version of it is, um, I started going to therapy when I was 18 years old. Um, I had, I, I was, I always struggled with depression and anxiety, but I never really knew what to call it. And then at the age of 18, um, I, I was, I was sexually assaulted. And through that process, um, a very good friend of mine hooked me up with his therapist because I was in, obviously in a, such a traumatic state that he happened to be going to his therapist that week. And he's like, I want to bring you with me because you need to talk to somebody. So I went with him, had never gone to therapy before, but was always interested in kind of in going to talk to somebody. Um, and that led me to my therapist who you know, after doing some work with her and really, you know, processing everything I went through, but then starting to talk about the other depression and anxiety that I had ex was experiencing, she started to give me strategies and tools and was really the first person that I felt really heard me and connected with me. And I was never a good student in high school. I didn't like school. I was not, um, Oh, don't feel bad. I flunked algebra. Anyway, right. sorry, go oh, me too. Me too. Oh, it's a hundred percent. My sister and I still joke about it to this day. I'm like, cosine Stanford crock of crap. <laughs> I, you know what? And I still have those nightmares where I'm in, and I had, you know, the algebra I hadn't, you know, I had the algebra in high school nightmares all the time. That's when I know that I'm really stressed. But um, <laughs> so I was not ever, you know, wasn't really invested in school. But when I was sitting, when I was getting to know my therapist and I was going through the process, the, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh God, I would love, I would love to be sitting in her chair. I would yeah. love to do what she's doing, but I'm just not smart enough. I will never be able to do that. My That's freaking, my freaking talk. Yeah. My guidance counselor in high school told me not to go to college because of my SAT scores. Um, Awesome guidance, awesome thing for a guidance counselor yeah. to say to oh a my kid, goodness. right? Oh my <laughs> but anyway, so through my through my own struggle and process and my 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 time with going through my depression and my anxiety, um, I did end up going to college. I ended up going for something completely unrelated um, to anything that I actually wanted to do. Um, I ended up dropping out. I ended up going, you know. It, it took me about six years to get my bachelor's Figure degree in four different colleges, but I did end up getting a bachelor's degree in psychology because it, um, around the time that I met my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, um, 
you know, and just going through my own process, I was like, you know what, I think I should try to go for some, this, I, I, I need to go for psychology. I need to go to school for something that has always just been a fire inside of me, even though I didn't believe in my, I still didn't believe in myself, but I knew that I was being driven in that way somehow. Um, so I got my degree there and as I was, and I still was connected with my therapist. I wasn't seeing her as much because I had gained so many tools. Yeah. Um, but she was really instrumental in backing me. And she was like, you know, you can absolutely do this. And we, she used to joke around with me as I got through my college process, as I started to apply to grad school, um, to go for a master's in social work. And she would, you know, say to me, um, we're going to work together one day. And we would joke about it or whatever. We had a, we are, our, our relationship evolved because a lot of people might be thinking, holy shit, like that's so, that's so unethical to have a relationship like that with your therapist, but not it, really. I'm, I'm like BFF with one of my therapists. I love which is right. That's, and that's, I love your therapist, even though I don't know her because that's like, that's how it's a him. I love him. him. I mean, even though yeah, I don't know him. Incredible. I love that because one of the things, um, you know, our relationship became, it was very, it became more, more than just therapy yeah, in a sense. Like she attended my wedding. She attended, you know, she really became an instrumental person in my life. A mentor for you, but Correct. I think it's incredible how Correct. You, if, if you would allow me to just comment on, yeah. your, on your journey, it's incredible how you took a very, what I uh, imagine painful experience and transmuted it which makes total sense now when I know your kind of handle on Clubhouse and on Instagram and everything as the anxiety alchemist, you yeah. totally transmuted that painful experience into something that is a, basically a propagated healing for yes. so many other people. I mean, you and I have done Clubhouse rooms together. I follow you on Instagram. You're always, you know, telling, especially women to kind of hold space, feel empowered, be themselves and, and love who they are and show up as who they are unapologetically. So it makes complete sense. Your <laughs> journey makes complete sense. And listen, I hear you. I had a very sinuous path in, in terms of like education. So, but that's another podcast for another <laughs> I want to, I want to uh, kind of segue into what you were just talking about into basically life lesson 136 from uh, 140 life lessons. I wish I knew at 20. So you know, I've, I've heard my whole life that loving yourself is the most important thing. And I just kind of, I think a lot of people at the risk of speaking for other people, I'll speak for myself. I just assume that I did like who doesn't love themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, it's, it's incredible how it manifests in the day-to-day -day life subliminally and you don't even realize it. But before I get to kind of those areas, I want to hear from from an expert because I can speak <laughs> anecdotes all day long. You know, yeah. it's a, you know, I'm not a psychologist by training by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just a Scorpio. And I think that's close, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to hear from you kind of the expert perspective. What does, what does loving yourself really mean? And, and, and why is it so important? This is a big question. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> there's not one particular answer, but what I can say is I think if I had to summarize it, what does loving yourself look like? I think loving yourself looks like what well, one of the ways is understanding how to set boundaries. Oh my god, boundaries. And keep and understand how to set boundaries <clears throat> in order to align with 
what feels good to you and what doesn't. Because I think one of the things that, especially, you know, especially when we don't feel good about ourselves, a lot of a lot of the, those of us who who struggle with feeling good about ourselves, right, or that that positive self image, I think a lot of times we're so focused on that need to be liked. That yeah. desire to be oh like, right? We're like women, oh, especially like, women, women, especially for right? me. Also, just from Eastern culture, and then also for in the South, it's yep. just you're you're just ingrained to be polite, and you're ingrained yes. to make sure that everybody else is okay. And yes. it nurtures everyone else comes first. Everyone else comes yes. first. Everyone else comes first. So yes. I, I hear that loud and clear. I hear that loud and clear. Yeah. So everyone, right? Everyone, your needs are like, and 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 if you think of yourself first, it's so selfish. You're selfish. And how dare you? Yeah. Right. You're selfish, rich. So I think, you know, that need and desire to please everybody else. And even if I don't want to do something or even if it doesn't, you know, I have to say yes to it because I got to be the the good girl. I got to please everybody. And what am I, what am I not doing for myself? What am I not fulfilling within myself when I'm saying yes to those things that don't feel good to me when I'm, when I'm taking on another task or I'm saying yes to something else that doesn't really serve me and it's spreading me completely thin and I'm completely drained and I'm completely exhausted, but I can't, I can't disappoint somebody. Yeah. So yeah. So setting those boundaries is so important. It shows up. So you just touched on so many different spheres. So for me, what I realized literally like Q4 of last year, I'm not even kidding. It's been a journey and I've, I've done therapy for maybe the last, I don't know, 15 years on and off. Um, but it, it really just kind of hit, hit home for me Q4 of last year that how loving yourself unconditionally really sets the tone for every single, how you show up basically yep. in every single aspect of life, whether it's professional, whether yep. it's social, whether yep. it's familial, whether it's financial, whether yep. it's every single thing. And so what, what, you know, I, I'm telling you, there were days where I was listening. You remember that Whitney Houston classic, uh, uh, the greatest love of all. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh my God. I love that song. I love I that song. You Which, you know, I brought my mocktail just so I can karaoke. I to see that. So, <laughs> that song, if I could give anybody some free advice, it would be to listen to that song on repeat, especially it's the chorus. Because learning to yeah. love yourself really is the greatest love of all. Because it, it, when you go to negotiate, it impacts that in terms of your self-worth. When you go, when you don't want to put yourself in social interactions that really cause you a tremendous amount of anxiety. I got to a point where I was just like, I, I'm not doing group so, socializing because it just, I, I pick up people's energy. Yep. I don't feel comfortable with all the yep. questions that come at me. So I'm like, you know what? No, you want to see me? You can call me and come to my house. Yeah. And so it just, that, that, what you just said about boundaries, I can't tell you, I'm getting excited because it just hits <laughs> home for me. Yeah. It hits home for me. And I don't think people realize that that's a tangible manifestation yep. of yep. loving yourself and saying is. no to other people. Yep. Yeah. And it feels really hard and it feels real. And, and I'm not downplaying it and saying that it's easy because it's not, it's a process. It takes a lot of steps and consistency to be able to learn how to do that. Cause not all of us, most of us probably don't know how to do that. We have to learn how to do that. But once you're able to step into that space and you see the results it has for you, and you feel, you know, wow, you know, I, I, I said no to that committee that I really didn't feel like going, being a yeah. part of, and yeah. they're all meeting and yeah. tonight, and I'm that FOMO me at home, yeah, yeah, the FOMO, FOMO. or FOMO. the or the FOMO is the son of a gun. I'm gonna bring to that my the FOMO. FOMO, but 
you could also twist it, which I think is so healthy, and say JOMO. Do you know the JOMO? Do you know no, the what's JOMO? What's the JOMO? JOMO is the joy of missing out. Oh my I don't, God. I don't have to do something that I don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. I'm and I feel like I'm, I'm hashtagging this JOMO. JOMO. It's so true though. Like I don't have to, you know, I'm, I'm home under my covers. I'm watching that I'm Netflix good show. It. And I feel, yeah, and I don't have to be out with my anxiety, with my stress, doing something I don't want to do, having these like conversations that are just conversations to have because I'm trying to be part of it. Filler, filler, filler conversations. Perfect. So you, you you talked about two things. So one is uh, a minute ago, you mentioned kind of uh, being polite and worrying about what other people think. And then I want to come back to anxiety. So I think for me, the, uh, the, so the healthy boundaries was like paramount. Number one thing I learned, even at like, even with work saying, Nope, that's not my scope or no, I can't do it. Or no, 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 no. It's just, um, Mm -hmm. no. So not worrying about if, if a person sits in the anger of loving themselves, I love and accept myself done. That's the primary premise for making decisions. I find myself less worried. I mean, I think about it, but I find myself less worried about how others are going to receive me. I'm worried more about how I'm going to receive and sit with myself. And so if it upsets somebody else, not in a disrespectful way, but if it upsets someone else, that's not on me. That's, that's on right. them. Yeah. That's right. And, and I think that's the, se- that's the second kind of tangible manifestation or kind of like this, the undertone or undercurrent of setting healthy boundaries. It's not really worrying about what other people think. Right. And that, that, that release of judgment, oh, the, that fear of judgment is such of a son of a gun because you just, you want to people please. Yes. Yep. Yep. It's so true. And, and the, 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 what you said is not being attached to the person's, whether they judge me or not, not being attached to the outcome and not being, not, not my monkey, not my circus, not my monkey, not my circus. <laughs> yeah. and, and not my, not my responsibility if when I set my boundary and hold my boundary and say no for whatever it is I'm saying no to, the other person's allowed to feel disappointed, but I'm not responsible for their disappointment. I'm not That's, responsible. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm not responsible. My priority is my, is my identity. And if they come back and they say, well, you know, screw you for saying no, then maybe not my people. Right. Maybe not my person. Maybe that's, you know, why do I want to be, right? Right. Not my circus, not my monkeys. (laughs) But maybe, but really, but maybe that just, maybe that defines for me that, I don't have to speak ill of them. Like they're, they could be a fine person. I could enjoy their time, but because they're, they're not respecting my place and they're not seeing it from my perspective, even though they are disappointed, um, that I might have to rethink that connection, you know? Why? So why do you think that, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm projecting, but, or being gender biased, but I I really do feel like women struggle with this more than men. Yes. 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 I, and I'm, I, I'm not sure if that's kind of the fact that we, we bring life into this world, we're naturally nurturers, or yep. if it's social, socialized, culturally indoctrinated. I mean, what is it? I, 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 think, it, I think it's the nature of the, you know, and I, and I, and I saying, I'm saying this very um, 
I guess very lightly because that's a whole, this is a whole nother topic I could get yeah. into. I don't yeah. like to make gender stereotypes. Yeah. I don't like oh, I to don't, talk I don't either. Them. I think human beings are just human beings and we all hundred percent, but, but, to, but I think you're, you're a hundred percent accurate when you say, you know, why this seems to be a bigger issue for women than men. And I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think there is something connected to that nurturer side of us. But so, so I'm, I want to draw a little parallel here, right? this little parallel that you'll understand. So if you think about, um, I'm going to talk about disagreements and, and we're going to talk about fighting, right? So arguing and fighting. So if you, and maybe it gets physical, I'm, I'm talking about like, so picture like, um, young, like young, a group of young guys, right. And, okay. and they're like getting rowdy and they end up getting angry and pissed off and they end up like throwing a couple punches at each other. Yeah. The next day or even right after the fight, they're like shaking hands. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to the drink. bar and having a drink. <laughs> now think about this. Think about this. Right. And it, and it's like done. It's over with. Now think about That's this. That's so true by the way. Right. Girls think about, think about I'm um, middle school comes to mind. Cause that's usually when this all starts, but you get into a fight with girls and there's such, um, there's such, it's called like rational aggressive behavior. They're, they're, they come up with these, this aggression, this, this meanness, this bully like type behavior, right? This mean girl kind of behavior. You could get into a fight with somebody in sixth grade. And by senior year, when you run into adulthood, you still hate them for what happened. And you don't let go of that stuff. And I think that that's that, I think that piece of it plays a role in just who we are in, you know, that, does that make sense? Yeah, but I, I, I mean, so basically kind of holding on to the memory, holding on to the grudge. Holding right? on to it. Like, so, so if I, I feel this need to please everybody, because if I don't, they're going to be mad at me and they're going to be mad at me for the rest of my, my life. Right. And I'm going to disappoint them. And I, and I feel like maybe, maybe I, it might be a connection, maybe not, but yeah, no, I think, absolutely. I mean, listen, I think, I think there are several uh, threads here. I think, yeah. I definitely think that that's, uh, that's one aspect, certainly for me. Yeah. Uh, but I also think kind of, uh, cultural indoctrination, socialization, like, you know, the girl has to be proper to yes. point about conflict. Women are conflict averse. So I'm, I, I, I'm a Libra rising. And so Libras are like, uh, Libras are the diplomats of the Zodiac. And so yes. they say, they, they avoid conflict like the place. Yes. They just yes. avoid it. It's a bad analogy yes, right do. now with the pandemic, but you know what I mean? Yes. They avoid conflict. <laughs> so, uh, but the Scorpio in me is like, all right, I'm feeling froggy. Bring it let's, on. Let, let's bring it. Like, let's, for me, it's like, I'm just going to go head, to, like not head to head, but let's just have a direct discussion. Yeah. Like what's the issue? Uh, and so at, the Libra in me is like, no, I really don't want to fight. And the girl in me is like, no, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. But the Scorpio in me is like, okay, we're fixing to have this talk. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? And, and yep. I'm not going to be afraid of the outcome. But, yep. And I think <clears throat> I'll tell you this as well. I think for women in particular, um, if you, if you're kind of in that seesaw of external validation, which I think is another manifestation of not loving yourself, kind yep. of your own validation. Yep. Um, you want to make sure that the other side of the table who are, who, whomever you're speaking with is, you know, is content because you don't want to ruffle any feathers and you right. don't want to cause a fight. And so right. you have, you got, I had to get comfortable and knowing I had to really get anchored in myself and get comfortable in knowing that the relationships that I have, the friendships that I have 
are secure enough to withstand some shocks. That's right. And by sho- I, by shocks, I don't mean like malicious. Uh, Correct. Yeah, I just mean like you know a, a disagreement, a di- yep. or, or or a difference in opinion. Yep. And, and, and I think that's really important. Uh, it is being in a, being in a place where you feel comfortable having a, a diverging discourse. Uh, yeah. Without worrying about what the other person is going to think of you, and if they, whatever they think. Booze, like that's what right. saying Arabic, like f it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that's right. That's right. That's right. You have to say that. But men, but men, I think men, ha- you know, do that. But women kind of are like, oh no, I don't want to, you know. And that that comes up a lot, especially in socializing. I think. Yes, it does. It does. A hundred percent, it comes up a lot in socializing. Um, and then uh, the 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 last point that I want to say about this before I move on is the, about not being coming across as too aggressive or too assertive. And so mm-hmm. this has kind of been coming up a lot in the in the uh, international affairs space. And so I think it's totally relevant where yeah. women are seen as you know you talk too much in meetings or you're too opinionated, and we just don't you know we there's such a stigma around it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and and so we want to make sure that we kind of uphold that feminine archetype. Everybody's going to think I'm a feminist. I'm not a I'm not a feminist. I'm just pro equality. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't think that makes me a feminist, but I think it does in this day. But anyway, um, and so I think a, a piece of it too is not wanting to come across as um, that archetype, you know. Right. But, but what do I know? I'm just somebody living life. <laughs> you know, you know a ton. <laughs> I'm just so funny who's living life. Okay, so I think we touched on this uh, already, but um, for for people who are for people who are like, well, of course I love myself. You know, it's mm-hmm. a given. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the other side of that coin look like? Um, um, and I think you touched on it a lot already, but explicitly what's the other side of that coin look like in terms of it it, it may be some of the more subliminal ways um in terms of not loving yourself so 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 we're we're speaking to people who don't love themselves or people who love themselves if somebody's listening to this and they're like oh well of course i love myself and you know the the whole premise for me in this specific this specific pod podcast is to invite people to think because yeah. I think we were all on autopilot. I was on autopilot and just thinking that I did. Like, of course I did. What's not to love? Right. <laughs> but, but then I kind of looked around and, and, and just realized that my life wasn't reflecting that back to me. Right. And so, okay. for, so for someone else who's like, of course I love myself or who's pausing to think, what is it, you know, what does not loving yourself kind of look like? Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if somebody wanted um, a picture painted, basically. Right. So I think there, and again, there's a couple of different angles here. And I think the most concrete one that I can think of, and when I say this, this is meant, it's not meant for like those one-offs. This is kind of meant for, if you think about this, if this is something that happens to you consistently or more days of the week than not, it's not the, we all have one-offs. It's not that. So if you are somebody who you know, your day starts and you're like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna have breakfast. I'm gonna check my emails. I'm gonna schedule the doctor's appointment. And you have like a, a realistic, you know, not too, not too crazy of a list of intentions. You have, these are the things I need to do for me today. Right. And you wake up and 
all of a sudden, like you get the emergency phone call and you're, you're, you know, you get a, you, you look at your phone and you look at an email and that, and everything else that you're, you've prioritized for yourself, eating your basic needs, like eating, showering, um, you know, making that doctor's appointment that you've been making to, you know, looking to make or exercising the things that, you know, make you whole and make you feel good. And that you really need to like, not feel off. You push, up, you push them down the list. It's like, well, screw it. This is only my stuff. No one else is impacted. I got to attend to this. And if that's who you are more days than not, if you're taking the stuff that you feel is important to you to fill your cup, especially with the eating, you know, I know, and I've, and I've gone through this, my, my life in my life too. There's so many people that I work with, um, whether it's private practice or in my online stuff. And one of the first things they say is they're like, I'll go the entire day and I'll forget to eat. So like that, and that's, that's crazy for me. Cause I'm like I food first, but I, th- there've been times when I've worked grueling hours and literally yes. 12 hours will pass. And I've had nothing but like tea and coffee. Cause I'm just running. You yeah. Know? And, right. And, 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 and then all of a sudden I'm about to pass out and I'm like, why am I about to pass out? Right. Like, oh, I haven't had anything. Right. A basic, <laughs> yeah. The basic necessities, or I, I don't think I drank any water today or I haven't showered in five days or yeah. I haven't, and, and it's not, it's, you know, again, not the one offs or not yeah. the, you know, yeah, yeah. there, there are times where we feel like that's okay, whatever. Um, which is fine. But this is like consistently, it's, it's not that you don't want to do these things. You just are putting them at the bottom. You're constantly putting yourself at the bottom of the pile because everything else is coming at you. And I think that when I start to prioritize myself and make that stuff, make eating, make sh- the basic necessities or the things that make me whole or the things that make me feel good. Fill your cup first so you can fill up your cup. cup. Right. Yeah. I have to, when I'm, when I'm creating a mindset where those items are just as non-negotiable as that email that was just sent to me through work, that's loving yourself. That's, yes. that's, that's when, it, and, and certainly there are people out there, of course, who are saying, you know, of course I love myself, but oh yeah, I yeah, sometimes I go all day without eating or I've, I've, everything else is happening so quickly that, um, I might go five or three or four list. days without showering. I'm, I'm the last that's on the so list. True. I'm that's the so last true. on the list. And, and that, more that's yeah. And if that's, that's you more these days than not, that has to be refigured. That has yeah. to be reconfigured for sure. And, that, and that's, and I gotta say, and this for whoever wants to call me a feminist or gender bias or whatever to go for it. That's totally a woman thing. That is totally a women. Mm-hmm. We have a tendency to kind of put ourselves last and I've mm-hmm. <clears throat> consciously made an effort not to do that. Yeah. At yeah. All. I have just, just a, just a little antidote here that, um, I used to get like seething and this is, this is coming from a professional. I used to get like seethingly angry when, whether it was stuff going on when my kids were little or what, no matter what it was, when my husband would take a minute for himself and eat something or take a minute for himself and shower. And I'd be like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, but then, but then when I, (laughs) you men are, I I need to do a whole other podcast on how men are programmed. They're just, they're just naturally kind of themselves. They just kind of think of themselves. Yes. So, so where I was coming at it from a place of resentment, when I started to do the self work and do this work that we're talking about. and, And I would say to myself, you know what? it used to piss me off, but he's, he's filling his cup first. Yes. He's doing him first. And, and that's so that he could be there for us Yes, and do what we need him to do for us. And if he is, if he's not filling and he's prioritizing him. Yes. And as much as that prioritize you as well. Absolutely. And that's, that's where I started to see things differently. So that, 
that's something. And I'm sure most of us could observe that too, that right? That is such a profound example, Suzanne. It's such a profound, because it, it really is very subliminal. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily as, for me anyway, it's not necessarily as overt as like, <clears throat> excuse me, for example, socializing. Yeah. You know, saying no to a social event because yep. everybody there is going to like make you nervous or whatever, or ask you a ton yeah. of questions or whatever it is. That's yeah. kind of very overt, but something like this yeah. is like a day-to-day -day autopilot. Yep. What are you yeah. talking about? I, of course I love myself. I just went and got a pedicure. I mean, it's yeah. like, no, it's a lot deeper. It's yep. a lot deeper than that. So that's, yeah. that's, that's spot on. Yeah. There's an, there's another, and you tell me, we've actually talked about this in passing before in one of the rooms. Uh, and Clubhouse, which I, I love all your rooms, by the way. Your rooms <laughs> are you. so, so high vibe uh, and they're just so real. And it, it's, they're probably a hundred percent the safest spaces, I think, in Clubhouse. That, oh, that thank I've you so much. That means, 100%. That's, what, that's what I'm intending to do. So I'm 100%. glad to hear that that's happening. And it's, all, it's always just a real discussion and it's, you know, it, you just kind of let people, you just hold space. And so, I, and that's the honest and God truth. Um, there have been times where we broach the subject of overachieving and <clears throat> I got to tell you, I'm totally an overachiever. I'm totally type A. Like I, you know, it's just ingrained. Um, but the, the whole premise, and this is actually a different life lesson, but this life lesson touches on this hundred percent. This is lesson 134, not 136, <laughs> but you know, giving yourself permission to rest without guilt and also not feeling like, which is a subtext to this, um, you have to be there. Okay. There's a lot here, but there's three things, resting without guilt, mm -hmm. perfection, perfectionism, mm -hmm. and then overachieving. Mm -hmm. And I heard you say something once in, uh, clubhouse which I, I I just almost like fell out of my chair <laughs> I, I, I honest to god because I was like oh my because I'm I'm a I'm a recovering perfectionist like if you see my tweets and not now I'm like oh that's wrong let me go, I'm gonna go back and read <laughs> but I heard you say that perfectionism is a trauma response yeah and, and I was just like oh my god perfectionism mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. overachievement and overachievement is, is a trauma response. Yeah. And I know, I mean, the, I'll, uh, if you can make that link for us in terms of resting without guilt and then the trauma response, um, and the link to loving yourself. Cause for, yeah. for me, I, it took me 42 years to understand that. Honestly. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just turned 42 last October. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, and, and, and to, to just piggyback off of what you said that it took you 42 years to learn this, I, the, again, being the professional that I am, even though, you know, do as I say, not as I do sometimes, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm 45 and it wasn't until I was in my forties that I started to make, connect all these dots yes. that we're talking about right now and say no to things and stuff like that. So when it comes to perfectionism, um, in terms of like a trauma response, what is that correlation or connection? Well, per, a lot of, a lot of what perfectionism stems from is that need to constantly feel in control. The, oh, the need, right. And, and if I'm, if I have some, now, whether or not you, you know, that's a whole other conversation about trauma and what is trauma and what isn't trauma. We are not here to judge what anybody's trauma is. There certainly are events that we could say, yes, that's traumatic, but there could be other things that 
you, you can have trauma in your life on every level. It oh my goodness. It, be... could, it could be anything from divorce to sexual yeah. assault to yep. a car yep. accident to yep. To seeing whatever. something on the news, to yes, second, yes. it could be anything. To, being, to, to quarantine kind of yep. a residue, depression. Yeah. Yes, I get it. Yeah. And a lot of times when, you know, this is just a little a quick um, psychology lesson here. A lot of times when people are, not everybody, but a lot of times when people do enjoy, endure some sort of trauma, um, especially people who, who experience PTSD, there is a high, a lot, not everybody, but there certainly can be a need to be overly perfectionistic or, um, you know, and, because that's something I can control. Yeah. I can control that yes. other things I can't control. So if I'm, if I'm feeling like I am in control of this, you hear people say, you know, um, I, I work best under pressure or I, you know, I'm saving everything to the last minute and I, again, I got to make it per or I can't hand this stuff in. I'm thinking like school, I'm going back to like school stuff. Like I can't hand this in until this, this, and this, and this. I work with a lot of, in my practice, I work with a lot of teenagers who are like, I need to get a 4.0. I need to get a 4.0. I need to get a four. This, this idea of perfectionism, which, I, which has the opposite effect. If I, if I get the 4.0, I'm okay for now. But in order to get the 4.0, I'm completely unglued. I'm completely anxious. I'm not sleeping. I'm not taking care of myself. I'm constantly on, on autopilot all of the time. I'm not filling my basic needs because those don't matter because I constantly have to do this. Does that make sense? Oh my God. If I had a bell, I'd ring it right now. I mean, I just want, I, oh, I need my, I'm, I'm going to get a bell for you. Yeah, get exactly. a bell. Get a bell. I, I will. I'm going to for the next, I mean, that's just, that, I, I'm just going to do it with my. Oh, I like that. Yes. You can do that. <laughs> That's so spot on. That is so spot on. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a, a very simplified, because I've certainly felt this, a very simplified, and it's really tough for me to even say this out loud, but a very simplified takeaway for me was, you know, I, oh, I have to kind of be nothing wrong with ambition. And I, and again, I go back yep. to women, people thinking that, Oh, if you're an ambitious woman, there's something you're too aggressive or whatever. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. Nothing wrong with wanting success, whatever success means to you. Once you, once you define it. Yeah. But I always used to kind of think that I had something to prove and I, rem you know, I had something I had to, I had to kind of get to a point so that way I can, you know, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, kind of be loved. And the reality is, is no, and this is a whole separate lesson that, which is basically a, a, a human being deserves love, yep. deserves acceptance, deserves all of these things, starting with self Yep. for no other reason that except that you exist. Yep. Not That's because right. you went to an Ivy league school, not That's because right. you are a psychotherapist, not because you have an, you know, a great career uh, yep. trajectory, not because you make a certain amount of money yep. just because you are you. That's right. Um, and That's that, right. that was, that, that was like a huge, and which takes me to, um, the resting without guilt. Right. So resting right. without guilt yep. is, is yep. tough for yep. ambitious people and kind of overachievers and type Ayers. I don't know if there's a link between, I don't even know if we have time to go into this. But I don't know if there's a link between type A and like overachievers and trauma and any of that. I, I think I'm just type A because I'm, I'm, I was born that way. <laughs> right. Maybe I was born that way. I was born Lady that Gaga. way, right? Yeah. Lady Gaga. I love it. Exactly. So, but, but, you know, the, I, the idea, I, I really had to retrain and reprogram my mind yeah. to be like, if on a Sunday, if I, I don't want to do anything but watch like Charlie Brown, 
and oh, sent my Charlie PJs. Browns. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Charlie Brown, that's my Christmas cards every year. I'm not even oh. Christian, but I send out Christmas, Charlie Brown Christmas cards every year because I love Charlie Brown. I'm I love like, it. Opportunity participant holidays. But, um, but it took me a while to reprogram my mind that I, I it's okay yes. to rest yes. on Sunday and not, and not move and not do anything. It's totally fine. Without the guilt. Yeah. And, and I think there is a complete and direct, inextricable link to loving yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's an awesome point because oftentimes I, you know, again, hearing this so much and the word lazy, I hear the word lazy so much, right? I, I, I'm so lazy using your example because I, I worked, you know, I worked all week or I have so much to do and I just did nothing all day. And my response to that would be, well, most days out of the week, you're not doing nothing all day. And your body is telling you is, is really fighting hard to give you a message. And you're listening to that message that your body's giving you and you're letting yourself recharge. You're letting yourself do what your body is asking you to do. And that's okay. That's okay. That's a hundred percent. Okay. But, but as to your point for those type a or perfectionistic, um, people with those perfectionistic mindsets, right. That's like, you're completely beating yourself up because you're choosing to do that. Yeah. Because if you're not constantly moving or going or achieving or working towards something, then you're lazy. Lazy, yeah, right? Oh, hundred percent. You're you're, you're not. Yep, you're not. You're you're not doing anything. You're not worth. It. And then the beating up of the. Then you're yep. beating yourself up. Yeah. Right. So yep. even if so, so back to what you asked before. If if, if how people who identify and say yes, of course I love myself. I work my butt off for everything I have. I'm yes. I'm you know I do exactly. everything perfectly. Exactly. But then when I have a lazy day that my body is asking me to have. I'm completely beating myself up because I could have done, I could have been doing this, this, and this, and this, and this. And why did I spend my day sitting my butt on the couch watching Charlie Brown? Yeah, exactly. For a Sunday. But 100%. that's, that's where the, that's where it comes in where this is what I could do a little bit better. This is what I could do differently next time and accept the fact that I need to recharge myself, you know? So if I had a cowbell, I would ring it right now. <laughs> um, but what, so you just said a really important word, uh, accept, yes. uh, accepting yourself. So yes. <clears throat> another aspect for me that I, that I kind of came to grips with is, and it, it, it's, it's totally the underbelly of perfectionism, right? That everything has to be perfect. Um, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. like, including yourself, mm-hmm. you have to be perfectly put together mm-hmm. or you have to be a certain weight mm-hmm. or you have to have a certain whatever uh, car, whatever it yeah. is. <clears throat> um, part of that, the intangible aspects of those are kind of the, uh, the person, the aspects of, of a personality that are difficult to accept within yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, and if you could speak to this, I'd be grateful. Um, I, I really had to get to a place where I kind of delved into the spectrum of my personality, mm-hmm. the good, mm-hmm. the not so good, mm-hmm. the control mm-hmm. freak, mm-hmm. the recovering codependence, like, mm-hmm. you know, all these different elements and get to a place where I just accepted the, this kind of the variance within my own spectrum and uh, mm-hmm. cleaned it up as much as I could, but accepted that there's some residue there that is just there. And it's a yeah. part of me. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you and I do a lot of things together on Clubhouse. I'll give this anecdote. And 
you know, I'm really structured. And so I'll, I'll send you something, be like, listen, I'm really type A. And you're like, okay, no worries. That's fine. It, it, and I've just caught, before I would try to hide it and, and, yeah. and, and overcompensate with yeah. excessive politeness. Yeah. Right. And, and like, you know, please don't be offended. But I was just thinking now I'm just like, listen, the, here, here's, here's, I love this, it. Is, this, is, this is how I want this to go. Yep. Let me know if you have something to add. Yep. I'm, and I, I getting to that place for me has helped significantly, but for anyone else, can you speak to kind of getting to that place of accept, accept, accepting the spectrum of your, of your personality, of who yeah. you are basically. Yeah. I, and I, and I think the two words that the two words that come to mind when you say that is good enough. Oh my God. Those are the Cowbell. two words. Yes. <laughs> yes. Those are, but those are the two words, right? So, so I have to constantly be perfect. I, have to, I, I don't have to be perfect. I have to be good enough. I have to be good enough. That's what I have to be. That's what I have to be. Good enough is good. Redundant. Good enough is good enough. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I am good enough and I am good enough. Yeah. This is good enough. My hair looks good enough. My yeah. face looks good enough. My outfit. Yeah. Good enough. Good, good enough. Okay, I need my hoodie. Good, <laughs> yeah. good enough. Good right. Enough. And, and I think that coming to that, just getting those two words in your head constantly, is this, is this good enough? And listen, it's, it doesn't mean like I'm going to blow off some big presentation I have to do and I'm going to no. whip it together in 30 seconds. That's not what it means. It means I'm not going to, I'm not going to destroy myself right. and beat myself up to make something in my eyes, what is perfect, which probably never will be perfect. Absolutely. Right? That, that perfectionism is probably a farce. It's probably the expectations like, like to the roof. It's so, so high. It's so unrealistic yeah. um, that I'm never going to achieve that. So I have, to, I have to love, I have to like pump the brakes and, and make this, this good enough expectation. And, and to your point, when you were saying, you know, I've a while back, I would have apologized, overly apologized, or I would have downplayed my need to, um, you know, structure things the way that I do. But now I'm just like, Hey, this is what I want. This is what I want to happen. This is how I want to structure it. This is what's going to, and, 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 and just a question, how much more freeing is that? Oh my God. Versus how you used to be. Cause I'll tell you, something, I just, I just tweeted something the other day by my uh, Dr. Maya Angelou, God rest her soul, where she said, love liberates. And you know, when we talk about love, we're constantly, it's like this external thing. Mm-hmm. When I inverted this kind of love for myself to myself, it, I I feel very liberated because now I don't give a flying rat's tail what anyone because because two reasons my intentions are well placed mm-hmm. um, and I'm not disrespectful right. and so right. I'm not bulldozing I just right. know that I'm assertive and so I'm and I'm really structured. Here's what I want to happen. Feel free to add, feel free to input, yep. whatever you want. Yep. Uh, and this is how I am. And, yep. and, and that's, you know, once I started loving myself, I felt so liberated and it literally puts the beacon out and you draw in your tribe. And yep. when I tell you, I've known you for less than two months, but yep. I totally feel like you're part of my soul tribe. Aww, because, <laughs> it, it, because, and, and you, you know, we don't have to speak every single day. It's just right. like, I know we are like soul sisters because- yes. 
And I've met a couple of women like that on Clubhouse. And it's yep. just like, they, they're like, okay, she, uh, she has good intentions. She knows what she's talking about. She, everybody's putting in their, their bits, bits and bobs as well. If it works, it, we gel. If it yep. doesn't, God bless you and, you know, keep it moving. That's totally That's fine. Right. But it yep. goes back to the, like loving yourself. And it, yep. it, it's truly liberating. It is. It is. It's truly liberating. Yeah. And th that's, those are the pieces, right? So when you talk about how do you start to learn to love yourself? How do you keep it consistent? How do you start to transform? When you have moments like that, when you're like, that felt, that was really hard to set that boundary, or that was really hard to say that, or that was really hard to send that text or whatever, but you did it. And you know, I, this is an extreme, but it's, it's coming from my, it's, it's coming from my anxiety when I work with people with anxiety, um, most of the time our fear, if you think of like fight or flight, or you think of like, go way back to like caveman ages or whatever, right? It, it's, it's all about survival. So most of the time, the core of fear is I'm, I'm going to die. Like it's, I'm going to, that's at the core. So if you get through whatever it is, whatever difficult step you took, um, it's, it's a hashtag I use often. It's, but did you die? No, right. I didn't. I'm here. Right. I'm surviving. I'm breathing. I'm living. Nothing happened to me that I thought was going to happen. You have to bank that and yeah. say to yourself, well, if I was able to do this then, and it didn't yield any results where it impacted me traumatically, or if it didn't yield any results where I, I I'm still here, I'm surviving. And maybe it actually felt a little good. I have to remember how that felt when I took that action, because that's going to enable me to do it again, to keep doing and it again and again. Right. It's giving me that really positive input of, of, I didn't, nothing, nothing crazy happened when I right. chose to do. Right? right. And now I can do this again and I can do it again and I can do it again. I can just imagine, you know, for me, the, the whole self-love and self-acceptance was definitely a journey. And, and, and part of that is kind of being a third culture kid. And part of that is kind of, you know, uh, going through, uh, you know, coming from a home where there was a, a really kind of tumultuous divorce. There are so many elements, but like you said, the spectrum of quote unquote trauma kind of varies among mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. and no one has the right to tell anybody else what constitutes trauma for them. That's right. Uh, their gradations. But you know, getting to that place where I just kind of accepted myself and who I am and loved myself and, and who I am, it really, it, it just, like I said, it liberates. And I, I, I relate so much, not to take away from anybody's struggle, but I relate so much. My best friend of 15 years uh, is gay. Uh, he was on my podcast last month and we had this conversation basically. And I relate, I, I relate so much to his journey, even though I'm heterosexual, although I think my love life would be a lot better if I were a lesbian, but <laughs> uh, I relate, I, I can relate so much to that struggle of just accepting, accepting yourself mm -hmm. uh, when, when you feel like the outside world doesn't accept you in, right. in, in different kind of whether society or whatever it is. And, and, and once I got to that place where I just was anchored in myself it just, it was totally freeing. And yeah. I, and I, I, I wanted to have this conversation with you today as a technical expert, just to, you know, help you propagate your healing and transmuting kind of what you do and the power behind what you do, uh, and helping other people heal. So 
Anyway, I thank you for being here. Oh, of course. Today. This was I, great. I, I, I can't <laughs> tell you, this was, this was a fantastic conversation. It was. Well, I'm sure we'll probably have to do like a part two, but. Yes, uh, always open to do that. You know that. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to you. Because uh, you're you're fantastic, you. Suzanne. And I love you too. You've been incredible. I can't tell you how grateful I am for our clubhouse, uh, the clubhouse crew that we have on our yes. platform. That's incredible. Uh, and. And I, and I can just tell that you're, you're helping so many people deal with, with the term that we all throw around pretty loosely anxiety. I think a lot of people suffer through anxiety, yep. uh, yeah. some, some form of it. Yeah. hundred percent uh, agree. So I thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Thank you for showing up today. Of course. Uh, and I just want to close out by saying that the whole premise for this podcast was to review life lesson number 136 about loving yourself first from FSB 140. And I hope whoever's listening to this, you got something out of it. I'm grateful to Suzanne Orlando, the Anxiety Alchemist. Do y'all follow her on uh, Clubhouse, on Instagram? She's absolutely incredible. <laughs> and I thank you for being here today. And that's a wrap, people. Thank that's you. A wrap. <laughs>